are people basically good or evil? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, resident moody optimist. And with me, as always, is my uh, cantankerously clever co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker. Um, What are we talking about today? Oh, um, and resident good person. Inherently naturally good. good. Yes, yeah. born just born good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh well, yes, we're gonna be talking about today about whether people are naturally good or evil. Um, but if you enjoy conversations like that and enjoy having a good time talking about them, like we do most of the time, then uh where should people go to find such great conversations? If you want to find out more about us and what we do, head over to the overthinkersjournal.com. We can learn more about your hosts our episodes, any live events we'll be having, and mm-hmm. some cool pod, uh, uh, blog posts. And if you want to join the community of Overthinkers that we're moving quickly towards a thousand of you, Super which is exciting. absolutely amazing. Uh, you want to connect with people who like these topics of, of uh, culture and faith and philosophy and talk about those in a fun way, and you like memes and articles and conversations, head over to our private group on Facebook called The Overthinkers. We'd love to have you there. And if you enjoy this podcast, would you please consider uh, giving us a review. It helps us so, so much. Yeah. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with a friend. We'd love to have them. And again, we always love hearing from you. We always love getting your feedback on what you agreed with, what you disagreed with, anything we got right, anything we got wrong, and your ideas for future episodes. So please head over to theoverthinkersjournal.com uh, to get in touch with us. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. You ready to get started? Let's do it. Okay. So today, like you said, we are asking if people are basically good or basically evil. The question of whether humans are more disposed toward good or bad is a debate that has raged between philosophers for thousands of years. Plato believed that all men desire good, so all evil behavior was a result of ignorance, while theologian St. Augustine argued that the desire to do evil for the sake of evil exists even in children. Political philosophers like Thomas Hobbes argued that humans were naturally nasty and brutish and needed government to keep them from destroying themselves, while philosopher Jean-Luc, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau excuse me, result, argued that children are naturally good and only became evil and corrupted by society. This debate has gone back and forth a, lot, a long, long time with Christians arguing, often arguing for the innate uh, you know, sinfulness of human beings, but also balancing that with the you know, being good, created, being created in God's image. Secular humanists have argued the infinite perfectibility of man and on and on. Modern psychologists are now bring, trying to bring science to define whether or not somebody is basically uh, good or evil with some good and some mixed results. So, Nathan, as a famous despiser of people <laughs> who frequently speaks of his fantasies of living out in a log cabin somewhere. Yes. So when we ask the question, are people basically good or evil? What does that mean to you? And where do you line up in your experience and your understanding? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I always say that because I always are great questions. Because you always approve of them. Yes, time. Approve, yes. <laughs> if they're not great questions, they don't make it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hate to be this guy, be the definition guy, but I, I feel like oh, yes. everyone listening right now has probably a different definition of good and evil. Mm. And so before you can decide if someone is good or is evil, I think we kind of have to define the terms 
what is good and what is evil. You know, this is a whole other so podcast. You, you get to define it. What um, is good and what is what evil. What is evil. Yeah, well, I, I don't have a great definition. I think I have a better uh, definition of, of evil. Evil! Hmm. Um, which is interesting because, you know, I look back to when I was a kid and I thought about evil or sin or being a thing, being, being this thing hmm. that happens that you can do these inherently bad things. Right. And then I grew up and studied um, more philosophy and I studied theology and studied um, apologetics, actually, that that started getting kind of difficult because atheists have a really great question, which is if God is all good and he created everything, how could evil exist? Right. That means God would have to have to create evil. Yes. And, right. and he created people who are evil and punished them for being evil when he had the ability to create us as good. And right. so it, it does feel kind of, uh, you, you start to have to answer some of these questions when you look into a little bit and go, what is sin? What is evil? Right. Now, I know this is kind of a simplistic answer, but I always, but it, it, it does resonate. And it's one that I've seen on memes and seen sure. a lot of different places, but essentially, I don't know if it was Einstein or someone else who said something about uh, oh, yes. evil and, 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 and sin to darkness and cold. Yeah. And ultimately, um, there is no such thing as darkness scientifically, yeah. and there yep. is no such thing as cold scientifically. There's only the absence of light yeah. and the absence of heat, meaning that darkness and, and cold don't exist. They are the absence of something that does exist. Yes. And so that be, became a philosophical way and a theological way for me to understand how God can be all good, but we have this thing called evil or yeah. sin in the world, meaning that if God is a source of all goodness, if there is a true center source of everything good and there's nothing evil or bad in it, then evil is simply the departure from that. It'd be anything that has a void in it that God is not in. Right. So evil ultimately is just a corruption or a void of something good. Yes. No. So with that definition of evil, I feel like, uh, you know, maybe you, you disagree, <laughs> write us, tell me, but I think it's a, at least a, uh, a satisfactory definition of evil right. uh, for the sake of this episode and the conversation. So with that definition, de definition of evil and sin, um, now we can start asking the question, are people basically evil or basically good? Yeah. Uh, now I, Funny thing is, I have so many thoughts on this, but I have too many thoughts on this. Yeah. I'll end up arguing with myself if I'm not careful. Um, <laughs> that, that could just be the whole episode. You could do this whole episode yourself and just argue with yourself. Yeah, I'm a pretty I'm good people's advocate. I'll just, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll sit back here. I'll let you take it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can just. He's been waiting all this time for this. My inner monologue, devil's exactly. advocate. Well, devil's advocate myself. Exactly. That makes like zero sense. You make zero sense. Watch it. Shove people. But I, I think, you know, if you look at the creation story and you look how God created us, it's, um, and then you look at the, the, I, I'm saying myth, don't worry, don't write me, don't ask yeah. me, the myth of uh, Genesis, uh, the true myth, don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. all right. Just means a story that has power. It's yes, a, yeah. exactly. A long lasting story. Eh? Yes. Um, but you see that God created Adam and Eve. Yes. Um, metaphorical or literal, whatever you want. <laughs> I don't care. Shut uh, up. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but they um, inherently good. Right. And yet they uh, pretty quickly in yeah. the story, you know, chapter three or four. Yes. They were acting evilly or sin yes. sinfully. So I, I guess uh, w with that, myth being told about humanity and many people have suggested that's that 
image that that yeah. uh, that story about Adam and Eve is really a story about every single one of us, right. every person in humanity. That that would be we are created good, but we're born into a broken world, and it's it doesn't take long for us to deviate from the good we've been created in. And I would say, I'm sorry to my Calvinist or, or determinist brothers and sisters, um, that that is a result of free will. Yeah. That when we are given will. Out of our will, we can choose to live into the ultimate good, which is God, and evolve him into everything we do. Or we can depart from that and create voids and brokenness from God's goodness, which which would be evil. Now, does that make us evil or does it make good inherently good people doing evil things. I don't know. I'm starting to, I'll jump in, okay. interrupt, interrupt you <laughs> to keep you from talking oh, to yourself. Tag out, man. Tag out. Um, no. So I think, I think this is, you said a lot of good things that I really agree with. I think that I'm going to add something to this because you said, you know, it depends on our definition of good and evil, but I think it also depends on our, our definition of basically, mm. because you know, what is more basic to us, the goodness or the evilness. And I think that what most people are, I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, people are asking, are people basically good or evil? What they're asking is, are people most disposed to um, to doing what is going to, like if you say like, bring us to what is good, mm. you know, whatever we define as society, you know, what what is good and it, are more disposed to doing what's going to be destructive toward our good or the good. Um, <laughs> i.e. sin. i.e. sin, yes. Um, so, you know, I think that what you, what we, you know, in a sense, I think, you know, for Christians would say, in a sense, that human beings are basically good. What it means by that is our bodies are good. You know, the fact that we have bodies, the fact that we are created beings, the fact that we are Imago Dei, create an image of God. You know, we were knitted together in our, you know, in our mother's womb. You know, so whatever is, our, that would be a place that's basically good. Now, if you don't have an idea that there is a God who created creation and created so that the, you know, the Gnostics were wrong. You know, the body is not an inherently sinful thing. Evil, yes, yes, it's not inherently sin. It's not an inherently evil thing. The fact that we have a material world is not inherently. Evil. If you believe the Christian story that this is a inherently good world created by God that is just broken, um, then you say, okay, you can say that definition, we're basically good. Now, the, then the question is the next level up. Level up! Are we basically bent towards corruption or corrupting that good thing? Mm. I mean, it's like, you know, this is the Lord of the Rings story, which is that, you know, humans and, and creatures are so bent towards desiring power and control that we can't hold something as powerful as a ring without immediately being corrupted by it. Or, you know, I mean, that's based on sort of Plato's whole thing is like anybody, would anybody, if they had a chance, you know, to turn invisible and do what they want, would they just do evil things? Mm. And so I think, you know, it's interesting. Child psychology has come a long way. I think is in, they said some interesting things. Like for example, they did a study that was in, um, it was a BBC piece that are we naturally good or bad, which talked about the fact that children, baby, like infants, they can be shown like stories basically with made with shapes or like these shapes are trying to go up a hill. And there's one that's, Oh, of the shape being helped by another shape up the hill. Another where it's being hurt, like somebody's trying to keep it from it. And they prefer the one where the shape is being helped up the hill. Interesting. And so like they do have a, 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 a as a Aquinas bent. would see, a bent toward beneficence. On the other hand, um, 
child Canadian psychologist, uh, Richard Tremblay, um, did the study where he's talking about like that the children are most aggressive, like they're most likely to bite, punch, kick, and stuff like that at the age of two. And then huh. when they get into society, they start getting people saying, saying, well, if you do that, nobody will want to play with you. So that kind of goes against what you were saying about Rousseau earlier. Right. And he says children are born good in Until a corrupted by society. Although I would say that would lead me to believe that Rousseau didn't, Rousseau didn't have any kids. No, he was into like just sleeping with people and then leaving them. Okay, so, that was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he knew very little about children, children but, had, yeah. but had very had big strong opinions. Because I promise you, all the moms out here listening will know real quickly, <laughs> really quickly that children yes. are not inherently good. You know, par- parents are always the first ones to tell me that there's no way that humanity is is inherently good. But I would say is that <laughs> is that we see both in children is, is that both a desire for good and a desire for evil. I was going to say, you, you watch the play yard and you see that kids had this natural instinctive knowledge of what's right. He stole my ball. Exactly. I, that's my ball. He shouldn't steal it. Or you hit me. That's yes. wrong. I'm yeah. telling on you. But they are also the ones who around stealing balls and, and yes. hitting people too. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, actually that was me in preschool when uh, people would punch me or punch a friend of mine, I would go and punch them. <laughs> that was my <laughs> sense of justice. Exactly. Yes. A baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. But, so that's the thing is, I guess what you see is we see both in human beings right from the very beginning. We see that mm. desire for like, I want to steal and punch and take it's mine because I want it. Yeah. Which is, we see that as evil because we see that as it doesn't create for a society and a world that is actually flourishing, actually, you know, where people, I mean, again, it's, it's kind of funny. You go back to like all of the religions at a certain point, once they start writing things down, say, you know, here's how to live a good life. <laughs> don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Love the other people. Stuff. And so we all know, have known for thousands of years, <laughs> what's going to make for the best world. Basically. Basically. Yes. Generally. And we continue to not do it, which is again on the scorecard of are human beings more, you know, more basically bad than good. You know, why does it seem to have a bent or lean in that direction? Well, it's interesting that atheists and believer that they've done a lot of tests and found that basically they're both about as moral as yeah, each yes, other. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see this instinctive knowledge, whether you believe in God or not, yes. of what is good. I remember watching a debate between <clears throat> Sam Harris, famous atheist, and William Lane Craig, famous Christian. Mm-hmm. And they're both moral, I'm, you know, using quotes, sure, yeah. moral-ish men who who believe that, that killing is wrong, that rape is wrong, that theft is wrong, whatever right. it might be. They have both come to this conclusion one through his uh, idea and they had different bases for these right but they both do come to the conclusion so it's interesting to watch humanity know what's right or wrong right we shouldn't steal we shouldn't kill we shouldn't hurt other people um but still watch humanity go towards stealing killing and hurting people right and so humanity knows what to do but it just can't do these things. which is which is you know sort of why saint augustine is sort of like point to <laughs> augustine Really, is it Augustine, not Augustine? I don't know. I don't care. Because <laughs> okay. I keep going back and forth. I've heard it both ways. Anyway, but uh, that guy, uh, <laughs> the smart guy. He's a smart guy. Who's right about seven. Eh, I won't give him percentage because people will get mad at me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, was pointing out to Plato. Plato was wrong. Plato was like, well, if you just know what the right thing is then you'll do it. It's just mm. basically lack of knowledge. You don't know what the good is because if you did, obviously you would do it because nobody wants bad for themselves over others. And, and you know, uh, and St. Augustine's like, yeah, 
and then all of human history yeah, <laughs> shows the opposite. You, you look at human history for five minutes and you <laughs> see, okay, they all knew what to do and they all just did the exact opposite until, and they tried, and what I, you see eventually in studying kind of any of the empires or any right. of the history is they know what is right or wrong. And then they do the opposite. And rather than trying to go and continue doing right or wrong, what yeah. they knew was right or wrong, they try to redefine what is right or wrong. Yes. This happened in Rome very early oh, on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You see that they there was kind of a, I don't say moral center, but they understood right or wrong. They, yes. had, this, they had law, they had, and people always, you know, talk about the declining, yeah. the decline of Rome was, uh, was analogous to the decline of Rome's morality. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how true or false that is, but it is interesting to see that you, they had somewhat of a moral framework that they were yes. working with and then as time went on especially with the particular emperors you saw that they tried to redefine what was right and wrong yes and at that point you start seeing uh the the roman empire start crumbling, crumbling yeah it, when you redefine these uh these kind of intrinsic what we believe intrinsic things that are right or wrong and our, our catholic friends would say that we have um um I can't remember what it's called, but instinctive moral nature. Yes. Essentially, yeah. we're born with a, it's off the verse, um, every, the law of God is written on every man's heart. Yes. So we, we are born with the knowledge of what is good or evil. So why do we continue doing evil? M one of my thoughts is because evil is really fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. like people forget that. You know, I, I think one of the reasons that the moral majority, um, uh, more, the moralistic movement kind of a, in this past century, the 20th century, why didn't take off is they forgot that how much more fun sinning is <laughs> than not sinning. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Now, we as, as Christians who have, you know, who have lived this understand that eventually it's not fun. Right. And that ultimately it's, a, it's it, it promises things that cannot fulfill and ultimately has really destructive outcomes, which is why we don't engage in, in uh, some things that the world or whatever, uh, or even our flesh says, this is really right. good and fun. Um, but it, as far as selling point, Eating too much chocolate makes you fat. <laughs> yes, or throw up. <laughs> or throw yes. up. Yes. And so, so um, what they what they didn't realize though right. is the fun that comes out of sin. Now, I, I have this kind of um, qualm qualm with God, which oh, is oh sure, yeah, I have a few. Yeah, yeah, what's, yeah. what's yours? Well, mine recently has been: Why did you make eating <laughs> chocolate or, or doing all the bad stuff so? fun sure. and eating salad so just on the other end of the spectrum so not fun yeah couldn't you have put some pleasure even just a little more pleasure or even just taken away some of the pleasure from the bad things but put more pleasure in the good things we see that's the um the argument that would be the argument again on the side of you know humans are more basically evil than good is that for some reason the things that are bad for us yes. oftentimes seem more fun than than the things that are good for us. And that is something that is like, if we were more basically good, then we would actually enjoy, actually enjoy more. And so it's a part of our kind of, our, our corrupted natures or a Christian would say sin nature that that's that bent exists in us. Now I want to bring up something that I think it, I don't know when I talk to my more reformed uh, Christian friends, mm -hmm. and they talk. Now we're talking about Catholics and reformed. Oh, naming, we're naming all, over the all over the place. Today. Well, it's, it, I think it's important to talk about the different understandings of humanity yes. and God That's and why, related. Yep. And and like most Christians, they believe that God is perfect and has no yes. evil in Him. He cannot do any evil. Yet they believe, and they also believe, just like most yeah. Christians do, that we were created by Him. Yes. Yet they believe we were created evilly. 
that we have inherent evil. And so I guess my question is, and it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, is how could God make us inherently evil if he is good and he creates us? Because that would make him kind of pernicious or just he did a slapshot job and it wasn't it didn't do very good. So, yeah. So. So. Please, uh, as as not as not a Calvinist, um, please explain to me if, if we're getting any of this wrong, then, you know, tell us how we're wrong. But please don't. Yeah, do it, do it respectfully, and that, <laughs> because that's what we do with the overthinkers. Um, so I it's interesting. I have a slightly different kind of objection because I, I can con- you can conceive that there is a God who is good, but, you know, he is also an artist and an artist creates a work with heroes and villains. And he wants to make a certain story that ends up with, you know, certain people doing evil to make a certain point. The problem is. So all of human history is just a point God is trying to make. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's it's an artistic piece. Now that's, that is, it's an, it's an art piece. Now that is a, that I think that that that's too bad for the people who were yes, it is made as villains. Yes, it is. Now the thing is my objection to that reading of it, because it's not a philosophically unsound way to read it um, (sighs) is no, I was, I don't think it's philosophically unsound. I just don't think it reflects the way the Bible actually portrays the relationship between God and human beings. It's because, because there's so much in the, the thrust of the Bible. So much of it is God saying, you know, God saying he wanting the good, of the world. I desire that all, all men, men should, should come to me. Right. And that <laughs> not women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Men, uh, mankind, uh, everyone's involved. And then constantly coming to humans and saying, here, choose between life and death. I, yes. I said before life and death. And then Jesus comes and he says, here I am, choose me or not choose me. You know, so there's, there's a, for me, it's the story, the narrative thrust. Yeah. That's like, okay, if, if there is no choice and there is it all predetermined in the sense that the layman would understand predetermined, um, then none of that makes sense as the narrative thrust of the story. Whatever you believe about human nature and about the um, and about determinism, whatever it is, you have to believe that. Well, I guess there's a couple of things you have to believe. You have to believe that God is good and that he loves humankind wants and that he does, that both human beings without God can't be reconciled to God because he otherwise he wouldn't have had to come and do the stuff. Mm. And, but that once he does offer that to us, we do have some ability to um, say yes or no. Respond. So, but it only relies on his. So I, I, the argument would be you are, you cannot without him be good, but my argument would be you cannot without him exist. Well, yes, exactly. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, all life, and this is getting super philosophical, all life is response. Like, you know, we're, mm. we're born into the world and we have to, you know, respond. Our parents act on us. Society acts on us. You know, that's what all art is. You know, Dorothy Sayers talked about the, um, talked about uh, in Toward a Christian Aesthetic, her essay, that all art is you see something, you experience the world, and then you interpret it, and then you put it back out into the world. And so, you know, saying that, it's not possible. Like people can only be really good under certain conditions. It's kind of like, well, duh, Um, because we need certain conditions in order to do anything and be anything. Um, The question is, which is more basic to us? You know, I think, I think, you know, the other thing is, and this is something you often bring up um, psychology and therapy. Yeah. I have so much to say on this. So I'll, I'll I'll say something because I'm the more layman on it. I'll say something and then you can supplement or correct. Yeah. 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 Is that, in order to, to be psychologically healthy, 
it seems you have to believe that you're basically worthy of love and respect. You're a person who is worthy of love and respect, but you have a lot of stuck crap that's barnacles that are connected to yourself and a lot of things as a result of as a result of this being world. born into brokenness. And so then you need to put the work into and get help from other people in, you know, in taking that those problematic elements out of yourself so that you can be more of who you already are in a sense. Absolutely. Well, and this goes hand in hand and I'm going to I'm going to talk about both therapy and, and the psychology behind it, as well as a philosopher who I love named uh, Father Luigi Giussani. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, but first, I'll, I'll talk on the, the psychological bit. It's becoming harder and harder the more I study psychology for me to not give a pass to everyone. <laughs> what I mean by that is when you look at how trauma, how yeah. family of origin, how upbringing, and even how biology affects us and our decisions. Yeah. Um, it's really, really hard to ultimately not have any, I remember my therapist once saying that, um, you could understand, not justify, not, not say is okay, but you could understand almost any decision made by any human if you were given the full context of their story. Right. Which is an interesting concept. And it actually really challenged me to stop seeing people as villains or that he's inherently bad or he's right. inherently good. I feel like we do that a lot in culture now, especially yeah. on social media. We're canceling people because they're inherently bad. Right. We're praising people because they're inherently good. We have the good guys and the bad guys yeah. easily. And, in you know, you look at scripture and it talks about we're all messed up. We all need help. Yeah. But the more you look at psychology, the more you realize that. And, and not in a determinist way, we still have will. And you right. always have the quote about, I don't know how much free will we have, but however much we have is important. Yes. Which is a great quote that I give you all the credit. Thank you. Um, but, but it is interesting to see how strong an influence our upbringings, yeah. uh, our trauma, the things that have happened to us affect our choices. Right. And, and to a really huge degree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you can be mad at someone for being addicted to drugs, right? But sure. But typically, if you look at their history, their background, uh, their experience, their trauma, their family of origin, their biology, whatever it might be, um, they they ended up in that place for reasons that make a lot of sense. Yeah. And and especially in the full context of their story. Right. And that's not a justification saying it's good. You should go do drugs because you don't have the choice. And I believe that people do have the choice and the will. It's really hard um, to to overcome that. But I do. You you when you look into a story, you look at the psychological realities, you understand why people yes. end up making the choices that they do. Now, this goes hand in hand. Yeah with Father Jasani, who I have really loved. And he was introduced to me by a friend of the show, uh, uh, Louis Javino. Ah, yes. Um, but Classic Lou. Yep. But Father Jasani was actually influenced by C.S. Lewis. So yeah. Because, of yeah. course, he is. <laughs> but Father Jasani's whole thing was about desire. And he talks about um, the, religious, yeah. the religious sense is essentially that we were created um, to be whole, like yes. you were saying, that we were created good and we have all these desires to be who God created us to be. Right. And that every every action you take mm -hmm. is a step towards that inherent and intrinsic desire right. that you were built with. So if you know, if you have someone doing drugs, what's the bottom of that desire? That ultimately that desire is to find peace. Right. Or to find uh, escape from the the trauma you've experienced, right? Or to find wholeness, or to find um, w whatever it might be. Or, or if someone is is sleeping around a lot, and yeah. it, that that desire that is leading that person to do that is actually a, a person looking for love, yeah. and affection, <clears throat> and acceptance, and identity. And so all these things that we do that we say this is bad um, are actually 
us trying to fulfill the desires that God placed in our heart. Now we are fulfilling them in incorrect ways, but like C.S. Lewis said, it's not that you desire too much. It's that you don't desire enough. You're playing in in mud puddles uh, when you're next to the ocean. And I think that has a lot to do with, are you inherently good or inherently evil is our desire. What do we desire? Because I think, a lot of um, Christianity, especially I talked about the moral majority yeah. in the 20th century, a very moralistic, uh, don't dance, don't do this, don't swear, don't drink, don't do all these things. It was all about the things you shouldn't right. do or want. Instead and, of creating an alternate. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, they never investigated why do we want to yeah. do these things in yeah. the first place? And they yeah. never imagined that maybe we want to do these things because we have built-in desires that aren't actually inherently sinful. Right. Yeah. They're actually from God, but the sin part, the broken part, whatever you want to call it, comes yeah. in when we fulfill these natural desires in destructive ways. Right. And so Father Dasani would say, rather than stopping at the drugs or the sleeping yeah. around or, or whatever moral thing that you have, um, Rather than stopping there, go to the heart of the desire yeah. and say, what am I really looking for and longing for? Yeah, no, this, that's the thing is that human, this is, this is where the understanding of human beings is basically good is helpful because at, behind every bad desire is not actually a bad desire. It is a good desire wrongly pointed, mm. wrongly expressed. Or, or unhealthily expressed. Yes. And so or fulfilled, yeah. or fulfilled, yes, or fulfilled. And so, and that's the thing of, you know, if there's, there's two ways I, I understand human beings as basically good on one definition, which is our desires at the bottom are basically good. Our, how we are like having hands, having like desire, having hands and having face, you know, this, all this stuff, that's good. And our desires, our ambitions are good unless they get corrupted or expressed, which mm. for the most part, they are by our trauma, by our, you know, by, by families of origin, family of origin um, or even just by, you know, something that's perhaps somewhat wrong in our biology based on historical sin, whatever you say, there is some, you know, orientation that goes awry, but the mm. basic it's good. Now the way it's now it's very far down <laughs> we're corrupted where it's like we want we want to do it the easy way we want to do the thing that's otherwise known as evil i think i want to go back to what you said the the thing that has the quickest the quickest result yes the quickest result even but it's almost never the most lasting precisely and so and the fact that we have a bent sort of towards that which is you know christians would call sin i think again i just think that it's hard it's hard to avoid the fact that we have a bent towards fulfilling our really good desires in a really positive way Mm. Um, because again, we go through a history. So I think in that sense, you could say that basic tendency to warp it and go in the wrong direction is a, is an, is an evil thing where it would say the basic sin comes in. But I was going to go your point, this very hopeful point, And you know, uh, that you talked about that. Yes. It's like so much, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to quote, uh, a, a quote somebody, people are going to be mad at me for, but if I'm going to bring up this point, I'm going to have to bring it up, but I'm going to give his name because I don't want to be plagiarizing. Um, but the Canadian psychologist, Dr. No! Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Yes. No. Is, what did it's I, so basic. <laughs> yes. You're basic. No, but there's things I agree and things I disagree about things he says. But one thing that he said that were really good to point out was that Basically, every single person who has um, sexually abuses someone else has been abused themselves. Mm. And basically, you can see it, like, you can predict it, like, on a dime. That's it. However, not everybody who um, has been abused 
goes on to abuse somebody else. Wow. Wow. That's powerful, actually. And so it means that, yes, you can have empathy for every single person who hurts somebody else because you know that what's driving that is that they've been hurt themselves. Mm. But it gives you hope because if something bad has happened to you, you still actually have the ability to not hurt somebody else. There's that free will component we talk about. Exactly. It, It might be doesn't matter how much you have, you still have Have some. And whatever that free will you still have, regardless of your trauma, your your past, your experience, there is, that's really important. Exactly. That little bit of free will that you have. And and when you are able to overcome your trauma in that way, in order to not treat somebody else that way, that is an act of heroism that people do every day and Mm. is a basically good thing about human beings. And like you said, it's people, I don't want to say returning, but becoming more More. who they were created to be. Exactly. Which they become more themselves, the more good you are and good you do. So yeah. Ultimately the question that, that, that we pose today is are people basically good or evil? And like you said, the real importance isn't the good or evil part. Like I said, it's the basically. And so I would have to say that because we are created by God Mm -hmm. And we were created to be beautiful and whole. And in his image, these are, these are his words. Yes. It's yeah. not us. Up. He said it. <laughs> God literally said, I made you my image. Then I, I think we have to deduce that we are basically good. Yeah. That's good. And, and that's, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. No, I, I think we are, we live in a broken world in right. which we're, we are corrupted and, and our will is, is uh, be a biological or, or whatever it might right, be. Yeah. Um, or familial or, or traumatic right. or experiential. All the above. <laughs> yes. Our, our will is corrupted and, and we and we do learn to do things badly yep. and wrongly. But ultimately, the very, very bottom, even if it's just a teeny, yeah. itsy bitsy part of you, the basic, the, the core element um, is good. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. The, the bottom of humans has to be yeah. good. Yeah. And I think our journey as people living in a broken world and broken bodies and broken minds and broken souls and hearts is returning to that very basic element of goodness that God created us with and created us to be. Yeah. No, becoming more, becoming good is not uh, becoming something else than you actually are. It's actually restoring what you actually are. Yes. And it's, and it's not a moralistic to start doing the right things is actually turning. I I think that come true real desires. Yes. And following the real desires to what you actually were made to want in Mm. the first place. And it's a return to the basic. Um, But you know, the, one of the beautiful things about my faith that I love is the redemptive aspect. And what I mean by that, it's I, I, I'm an artist. So I see God through this lens of an artist. He created something to be something. Yes. And that something is good. He created yes. us to be good and beautiful and the world and the universe to be whole. It is fractured as a result of our will. Yes. But the promise is that he is making all things new. Right. Um, which, which is just absolutely beautiful for any of us who have been through traumatic events yeah. um, that make us feel or old <laughs> or broken. That God's promise to us is he will make us new. Yeah. And which is a beautiful promise. Um, but that's the hope that we will, that we're going to be turned back into yeah. what we originally were, the original plan. Yes. You know, I'm, we're looking at a computer right now. The computer was made beautifully, yeah. not gonna name which brand, unless you're <laughs> but made beautifully to work, to, to yeah. function, um, to, to, 
to work. Yeah. And, you know, through time and a world and dust and yeah. where it it goes too many tabs left yeah, open. It's way <laughs> too many tabs. None of us do that here. Yeah. <laughs> but it it heads towards um a disorientation. Right. But God is and such a, a lackluster uh, image, but God is the great engineer who comes back and puts everything yeah. right again and makes it work. And I think that's what we can hope that we are all broken computers um, in some way, shape or form, but ultimately we are, we are waiting uh, and we can begin this journey now yes. for God to put us back together, to yeah. clean us, to to make everything work again. And it's not about moralism. It's not about doing the right things. It's about allowing God to bring us back to that whole person that we yep. created to be. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, now that we've solved that problem, people have been <laughs> working through for thousands of years. We've we solved it. down on like an answer. A lot of times we go pretty vague. We, yeah, we have, we are basically good. And now let's get all the hate mail. Yeah, people cool. are like, no, <laughs> we are. I hate us. Um, uh, so then, uh, yes, now we'll move on to blessings and curses. So what is it? Some work of art or culture or something that uh, you think uh, on this topic you want to recommend and what you want to people to stay away from? Oh, this is good. Uh, you first. All right, cool. So I'm going to bless a couple and curse a couple. Um, first of all, I'm going to bless um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And uh, that's a classic movie and people like that. But what I, when, when I last watched that, what struck out to me more than anything else was how it exposed two kinds of naivete about human beings. Of course, there's Mr. Smith, his naivete. He thinks that, you know, the Washington D.C. is perfect and 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 isn't, is, uh, and everybody there is trying to do the right thing. And his naivete is exposed when he gets and finds the corruption and, and you know, and uh, evil that's there. But then you also have the naivete of the people who are in Washington, D.C., because they don't think that anybody could actually have the level of goodness and integrity that somebody like Mr. Smith has. And so what I thought is amazing, it exposes those two kinds of naivete that everything is is good or everything is, is basically good or everything is basically evil. And it's like, no, both of those things exist in the world and they both um, you're naive if you, if you ignore either aspect of humanity. So I think that that's, it's, it shows the most complex view of humanity of almost any film that I've seen in that way. So I am blessing Mr. Smith. I'm also, because you brought it up, I'm actually going to bless, um, Clockwork Orange mm. because, um, and particularly the one that has, uh, Did I bring it up? Arthur, Arthur Burgess, uh, his commentaries in the back is where he talks about actually, it does an essay about the, um, about the, basically this war between St. Augustine and uh, Pelagius. Wait, the book or the movie? The book. Oh, the interesting. Book. Yes. And it's because he talks about the, this, the, because it says basically it's like the question, it's a debate. It's like a historical Western debate. It's like, are people basically, you know, basically evil or basically good? Because if they're basically good, then the only problem is society. We just have to move around society and therefore in order to make people good. And then you have to, and, and if that's the case, then well, then people don't really, shouldn't have free will basically it's a core of an argument against free will you just need to mm. and so but regardless that's where he has the quote which he says i do not know um if people you know how much free will people have but whatever free will they do have it's sacred uh, and so that's where our, and, okay, okay and so and that was his sort of point of you know it's like of the of the book a clockwork orange is you have this this really despicable person and do they still deserve to have free will ah. and and if you take like you rob something of humanity and also if you leave people alone or you don't try to control them do they sometimes improve on their own which is sort of one of the things that he deals with okay. so he deals with that in a really good way so i'm gonna bless that so now cursing 
I'm gonna get cursed two things. One that shows too much hopelessness in humanity and not enough hopelessness in humanity. Okay. So I'm gonna curse the Saw franchise. All right. Because I have tried to make my way through the Saw franchise. And the first one is pretty good, well made as a film. But really the the it shows a world where heroism really doesn't exist or it does okay. it's impotent and it's that's it's flatly that way it, and okay. so it's it's all of the people who are good are actually really secretly evil and they die anyway and it's like that's again it's not a complex enough view of the way the world is mm. and you know i mean superheroes get it more right because they show some good people and bad people and you sure. know all the things this doesn't doesn't show that and also also, it just it wants you to feel catharsis at the evil getting their way and triumphing, and which is garbage. You shouldn't do that. Problematic. Um, so that's I'm gonna curse that. I'm also gonna to curse Tomorrowland, which most people curse because it was boring, <laughs> or and because they never actually really showed you much of Tomorrowland, <laughs> which is a, a reason in a movie called Tomorrowland to dislike it. But what I'm gonna curse actually for is it does give this idea that humanity can create utopia on its own. Um, it just, you know, we just we just have to sort of and, and just need to, you know, know we can and believe we can and have the optimism that we can. And that's a, a naive view of humanity. If if that was how it worked, we we would have done it already. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 a, a worse problem than that. There is a bent towards destroying what is good that we have, like Dostoevsky talked about, you know, it's like if you create utopia you know, men will destroy it just so they have something to do. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's too naive a view of humanity. So that's, those are my, my blessings and curses, ones that have nuance about humanity versus one and, and say there's both good and evil versus ones that try to make it all one thing. Those are great. I have, I have a, man, I have too much to bless. So I'll go quickly. One, I will just say, I will say Disney plus in a few mm. of their shows has been really, that's a really good point. Yeah. This concept uh, in, in WandaVision, yeah. in Loki, and in The Mandalorian. So you, good. You take these, especially in, in The Mandalorian and Loki, you take people who are essentially written intrinsically as evil. Yeah. These, these villains. Because, you know, and, and the, the Mandalorian, you know, Boa Fett. He's uh, killing people race, for money left and yes, right. <laughs> exactly. But you see them as they react to their natural desire uh, to take you to take care, to yes, protect, or yes. to do good, or whatever it might be, um, or uh, in in the case of Loki, is to understand your motives yourself and what yes. you're doing more and more. You see them become less villainous and more good, and you actually see them become more interesting, more themselves. Oh, that's an interesting point. And so it's it you see them returning to who they were supposed to be. So you have this intrinsic: these were good people uh, who, who went wrong, but they're yes. actually returning to their original good, how they were created. To be and I just think it's so cool. Especially even WandaVision, and, yeah. but I, I just think Disney Plus is doing this really in interesting an ways point. and not um, cheap or shallow yeah. ways. Oh, let's make the bad guy a good guy now, but really investigative, really gives it a lot of breadth and, and interest. Well, you make it, it just said something really interesting also, which I'll just touch on briefly, which is that you made the point that um, is like when they became good, they became more interesting, which yes. we have often the stereotype that in order to be, you know, interesting, you have to be more evil. Yes. They're actually showing that it works in as, as God would say, it works the other way. Yes. You become, you become more, more interesting whole. Yes. yes. Um, I will also bless. Hmm. Uh, I think I've blessed this before. I have two more things. I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of blesses. I will bless Mindhunter. It's basically, ah, it's, yes, yes, yes. it's a historical show uh, about these two FBI agents who, you know, for a long time, psychologists in the FBI believed that 
um, serial killers were just inherently born bad. Right. That there was like a bad gene. And these these guys, the psychologists um, and, and a, a couple uh, uh, FBI agents said, I don't think so. And they went and they started interviewing these really, really famous yeah. ones we'd all know. Yeah. Uh, Charles Manson, um, yep. the other guys. I think that one's in season two of Mindhunter. Charles yeah, Manson. Yeah. yeah. And there's a few, a few, I can't remember their names. I'm not a yeah. pro on the this. But, and they started interviewing and they started finding how... Um, all of these people ended up there. Yeah. It wasn't in trend. Oh, they were just born evil to kill people. No, they had uh, trauma or abuse or yeah. familial problems yep. or whatever it might be. And they found, and so they did this for the reason to try to mitigate this. What can we do to yeah. keep less serial killers from being made? Right. So they, they say they weren't born, serial killers are made. Right. And again, that goes to this, we were created good and through a broken world, we are fractured and act, right. and act out sinfully, badly, destructively, whatever you might, whatever it might be. And the last thing I'm going to bless, I thought about doing a book, but um, you did a good book. I'm going to bless a video game. And I blessed this oh, yeah. before too. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, both uh, one yes. and two are beautiful tales. And it follows two different men who are outlaws, who are evil, who are the bad guys. And it follows their journey, their journey from going from an outlaw to longing for good wholeness mm. um, and and morality, and and they and the more they follow this journey, their desire, the more they become whole mm. characters. So they start out with a void in their life, and that void we would say is God, right? The goodness, what they're looking for, but through their desire, they follow this journey towards more um, whole. Right. Uh, uh, people and they find who they were actually meant to be yeah. because they're actually following their desires. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, both of them, uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, tales of redemption, desire, and and wholeness. Yeah. Um, and for curse, I just have one curse and I think it's... That's really nice. You have so much more to bless than I, curse. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the, the curse, uh, I, I hope it won't have anyone. I don't think I will, actually. But uh, I think it's a smart guy. I hope it guy. offends everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to curse a book, actually. And it's called The Moral Landscape. And it's by Sam mm. Harris. And Sam ah. Harris is a famed um, atheist. Yeah. And he's a real smart guy. Yep. Uh, I think has some interesting things to say sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, if you want to come on our podcast, Sam Harris, we'd love to have you. Yeah, yeah. Defend yourself. <laughs> yes. But the moral landscape is his philosophy yeah. of how to create a moral structure without God. Yeah. Uh, he was in a very famous de debate against um, a theologian who I really love, a philosopher, uh, Dr. William Lane Craig, who we hope to have on the show at mm -hmm. some point. Um, but it, it essentially they were arguing about morality, about yeah. where does it come from? What can we base a morality on? And William Lane Craig gave this very robust reason as to why we act morally in the world right. and why we ought to, um, the moral duties and responsibilities of humans. And in Dr. William Craig's was based on God being the center of goodness, all the things we talked about right. in the episode yeah. um, and us, you know, moving towards that center of goodness and uh, all of that. And Harris, I almost felt bad. Um, <laughs> No. He tried the best he could to come up with a reason why anyone should be moral without God. And it, it was just really thin and yeah. sad and shallow. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm not, this is not me saying that atheists are evil people. No, I no, just no. think they have less, re I, I think when they are moral, they're not making sense. <laughs> yeah. They, they, it doesn't make sense why. Yeah. And so uh, I, I know plenty of atheists yeah. are good people. Most of them are moral. I, I have yeah. no doubt, but it, 
they they're not being logically consistent as to why they are. Well, yeah. Well, I should say that it's there's nothing inconsistent about being moral because you want to be. Sure. But when they start to say other people ought to be. When they don't want to be, yes. When they don't want to be, the, the explanations are pretty weak. Yeah. yeah. And so I, and it's not because Sam Harris is an incredibly smart person. It's just because atheism really doesn't have it there. It doesn't. And, and he really tried hard to make this moral framework and argument yeah. for why morality doesn't depend on having a source of goodness. Yeah. Um, but without that anchoring source of goodness, uh, to be honest, it's just a really weak argument, yeah. in my opinion. So I will curse. I'm sorry, Mr. Harris. I will curse your book, The Moral yeah. Landscape. Yes. Very cool. And anyway, if we have any atheist uh, fans who want to, uh, you know, uh, give us a robust argument. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, cool. Very cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun episode. Yep. Yeah. So um, if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go? Uh, they can go to nathanclarkson.me or they can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Fantastic. Or you can get in touch with me, josephholmesstudios.com, or you can get in touch with me on any of the socials. Oh, and by the way, I would like to shout out uh, a birthday boy today, real oh. quick. Our own amazing tech wizard, sound tech with wizard, uh, Nathan A. Uh, Nathan A, we love you. Yeah, it is, it is his birthday. Uh, so please, everyone, sing him happy birthday in your own homes. Happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Nathan. Um, that is an order. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're a bad overthinker. Yeah. <laughs> and you're intrinsically bad. The music's bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs>